Okay, hello everybody, and welcome to the 19th episode of Spiked, the OTL football podcast. Uh, I'm Jack Brill. I'm joined as always by my co-host Robert Vona. How's it going, Robert? This is a good one. Copacetic. Mm. Like, you know, everything is copacetic. I've it's, I, uh, wow. In I'm excellent, not familiar order. with that one. In excellent yeah. order. In excellent order. Everything is copacetic over here in my humble home. So, it, you know, this is the great thing about Spike. You know, you come here to to talk about, learn some stuff about football, but you end up learning new vocabulary. You know, it's you it's go. great. We're just, we're, th- we're covering everything and anything that has to do with everything, you know. I think, I think I'm going to add like, um, to like genres on the show. I'm going to put educational. <laughs> For educational purposes only. Yeah. Yeah. This is like, they, they play this in school, you know, like. You know they'd wheel out the, the TVs and play oh, yeah. like Bill Nye or something. VCR, yep, yep. I don't know. I, I I miss Bill Nye. I'm not gonna lie. Bill Nye was the best man. He was hype. It was hype when when the teacher would like you said you roll in that that stand. You do hey, can two people yeah. go get the stand from yeah yes, Miss? I can I, I can 100 go get yeah. that stand. Yes, right here. You know what the you know what the worst thing was when then she'd be like, well, okay, here's a piece of paper and you guys have <laughs> yeah, to answer take questions. No, you fill out the worksheet like, now. Oh, yeah, fuck. Miss. Like, come on. Just trying to watch some Bill Nye, man. Yeah. Let me be. Come on. But yes, you're uh, right. Yeah. But uh, we we, uh, we didn't do an episode last week. Um, you know, I know people were people were very angry at us. It's but, an outrage. Uh, outrage. Yeah. You wouldn't believe the amount of angry emails I got. Um, but crazy. It's okay. You know, we, we were both uh, very busy yeah. last week. So um, we, we do have lives outside of. We do believe it or not. Hopping on a call and and talking football. Yeah. Believe it or this not, this isn't so. this isn't the only thing we do. <laughs> no, it's not as hard as it may seem. Um, but but yeah, there was a lot of stuff we uh, we have to cover. You know, we had two weeks, uh, you know, uh, worth of uh, storylines and stuff. Um, NFL, but also CFL, the Grey Cup, Canada's biggest game was played last week. Um, we'll save that for the end because um, you know. Uh, <laughs> If you know anything about it's the team I cheer topic. for and what happened, yeah, we're uh, we're gonna save that to the end. But um, we can start with some uh, some some good stuff for me. Um, Patriots they have now won seven in a row with a win over Buffalo last week on Monday Night Football. Uh, Mac Jones only threw the ball a total of three times. He was two for three, um, and they got the W. Uh, Robert, did you watch this game and what did you think of it? I did. And I thought it was unbelievable. Um, I just feel like the way that the Patriots have made an adjustment from where they started and where they're at now, especially from like, just, I don't, I don't know what I'm more impressed with the way the offense has developed or the way that the defense has developed, because they both seem to be just fired in, on all cylinders right now. I know obviously throwing the ball three times isn't fired on all cylinders, but <laughs> given what they had in front of them, like they made the most out of it. Um, I was really impressed with how, with just how the Patriots are able to get the job done in so many different ways. Like, you know, whether it's Mac throwing the ball or whether it's their defense stepping up or whether, you know, they utilize two or three running backs in the backfield and they're able to make it work and make the most out of like the harsh conditions that they were faced with that night in Buffalo. Like it's, it's just really, it's just really impressive. And it's, and it's classic Belichick right? Just finding a way to get stuff done in the most like unorthodox way it may be. So I'm, I'm very impressed with the Patriots. Um, I had 
like I did not think they were going to be this good uh, at this point in the season. So I'm just, I'm just very impressed with how, how they've transitioned from where they started to where they are now. And I'm very impressed with how, how well everybody's just gelled together and everything's come together. So they're, they're probably not probably, they are the hottest team in the league. And there's like that saying, you know, nobody wants to play them. I, I don't think anybody wants to play the Patriots right now. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to find the post. I saw something on Instagram about how comparing this season with um, Tom Brady's first season with the Patriots, how they started off pretty slow. I think they were like two and four or something. And then all of a sudden they just, you know, I mean, that was, that was a little different because that was with a quarterback change and everything, but um, you know, it's uh and I'm not, I'm not comparing Mac Jones to Tom Brady here, but I'm just saying that just saying. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that they pick, they picked probably like the quarterback that's the most similar to Tom Brady in this year's draft. Like, I, I yep. just don't think that's a coincidence, but I um, agree. yeah, like, I don't know if you heard um, Sean McDermott's comments after the game, but he was kind of, <laughs> it's he like, said, come he on, he, man. He, he didn't, he didn't get out coached, but he proceeded to say how he got out coached. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. like, let's not give Belichick more credit than he deserves for this. It's like, you know what, man? Like sometimes just doing the simplest thing is like, that's the smartest thing to do. Like to be, you don't have like to be out coach. You don't have to come up with some like brilliant, like complex game plan game plan. Maybe it's just like run the ball up the middle, you know, and that's what they did. And um, so I don't know. I mean, yeah, it was unbelievable to me too. Like, um, you know, just to see again, like how many games have you seen where the quarterback only throws the ball three times and wins the game? None. I've ne- none. I've never seen a game like that. Yeah, none. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, obviously the the, the kicking game was kind of you know out of the question. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of out the window. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you were kicking into the wind. I mean, I don't know if you that saw the videos cool. like during warmups, but like yeah. <laughs> the balls were just thirty going yard right field stands. goals. Where you were, yeah, they would hit a wall in the air. Yeah, it was like a, th- a thirty-yard field goal was impossible to hit. Yeah. Um. So you know, yeah. I just, I mean, you know, I, I've we've I've talked a lot about the Patriots, but I didn't, you know, like you said, I didn't think that they were going to be this good this year either. I thought they were going to be okay. I thought they maybe could make the playoffs as like a wild card team, but yeah, this is just unbelievable. Um, and and we we said before this was. This game against Buffalo was probably one of their biggest tests, yeah. right? And they, you know, they answered the call. Um, and uh, you know, now they got a big, uh, they got a big game in Indy coming up, mm-hmm. um, and then they play Buffalo again at home. So yeah, every game I mean, matters from here on out, really. Yeah, like yeah, so for sure. Uh, because I mean, if they could lock up that number one uh, seed in the AFC, that's massive. Get the buy. Um, yeah. Before before we move on, I wanted to ask you this because I know there was some some talks going on about this game between New England and Buffalo. A lot of people are, were saying that, like you know, if the conditions were pretty normal, um, a lot of people think Buffalo would take down the Pats like any day of the week. Um, so I just wanted to what do, what do you think of like that that argument like? you know, all oh, like if, if it wasn't, you know, 50 mile an hour wins, uh, the bills would have won. Well, I think it's kind of difficult to say because I mean, if it was normal weather, the Patriots would be passing the ball as normal. 
right? They wouldn't yeah. like if, if there was no, cause that's why they weren't throwing the ball because they felt that, you know, Mac wasn't comfortable with, I mean, he hasn't played in those conditions before. I mean, he's used to playing, in, you know, in Alabama. And so, and they, I remember I saw a tweet from like 2015 that he like had just saw snow for the first time. So like, yeah, you know, this guy's not very comfortable with playing in like super cold, windy conditions. So that's why they're like, you know what, Mac, just hand the ball off. So if it was, if they played the game in normal conditions, um, I think their game plan would be a lot different. And uh, I mean, no, I don't think that, I don't think it'd be a walk in the park for Buffalo by any, by any means. But I mean, um, even still, like, you know, you, you, you play in the conditions that are in front of you. So like, I don't know, you just, that's the way, that's the way that, you know, that's when the game was supposed to be played and that's it. It's just so what happened. I, yeah. 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 I, I don't know how I feel about that statement either, because it's not like, I mean, both, both teams are playing in the same conditions, the exact same things one team is going up against is yeah. the exact same team. The other thing, the other team's going to go up against. So it's just more like, you know, going back to Sean, Mc, Sean McDermott about what he said, like, it's, you know, he's trying to take away from Bilicek saying that, like, you know, he made it so simple, but it was like, if it's so simple, then why didn't you come up with something like yeah, that? Yeah. Why didn't you win the game then? Like exactly. So yeah, that's just another thing. Like, you know, we've been talking about in the past, Buffalo is, is extremely one dimensional and, you know, given those conditions, obviously it's tough for any quarterback to throw the ball and, you know, they couldn't put up any points and they lost the game, obviously. Yep. So yeah, that that's, that's how I see it. Yeah. And then, I mean, the other part of it is, uh, you know, the bills and how they've lost uh, three out of their last four. Um, I don't know, like I'm, if I was part of bills mafia, I'd be pretty concerned at this point because, uh, they they've looked uh, they look really inconsistent. I mean, it wasn't that long ago where they had you know they were top of the top of not only the division but the conference, you know. And so, um, for them to kind of fall, you know, have this precipitous fall, um, is is pretty concerning. Um, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think is going on with the with the Bills right now? I think it's just in their head. Um, like to be quite honest with you, I I'd be I'd be fairly surprised if Buffalo doesn't make the playoffs. Um, yeah, they're sitting well, they have, obviously in a wild card spot now, but they have a really uh, easy schedule uh, for the most part mm-hmm. uh, coming. Other than the game against the Patriots, I mean, they play the Panthers, the Falcons, and then the and the Jets. So, yeah, to me, those are three games that they they should absolutely win. Yeah, and um, I mean, I don't know. It's just like I think teams have just figured it out that you know, what they're all about. Um, I, I, I hate, I hate to keep repeating it because I sound like a broken record, but if you, if your game plan is to just pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball, like teams are going to pick up on that. Yeah. And it's, and I would even argue that it's not so much that teams are going to pick up on that. I would argue the fact that eventually like you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. Right. So you throw the ball enough times, like you're going to throw interceptions, you're going to turn the ball over and everything like that. So it's just, you know, it's natural regression kind of, but it's also part in the fact that, you know, they have nothing else going for them. Their coaching, you know, makes no adjust- adjustments or anything like that. And they have a few banged up players on, on the defensive side. So it's just, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of factories coming together and just, you know, not benefiting, benefiting them at all. So 
I, I just, like I said, I'd be very surprised if they didn't make the playoffs just because I think they're still obviously way too talented to miss the playoffs, but you know, there's, there's a lot of teams hot on their tail. I mean, there's like five or six teams tied that all have a record of seven and six. Yeah. And with the way they're going, like, you know, the tiebreaker, the first tiebreaker is uh, your, your record against uh, teams in the same conference. And at, at this rate, like, you know, like you said, they've lost three, three of their last four and it's just, everything's going downhill. So yeah, I think these next few games are like a big reset game, get back on track and then get hot going into the playoffs. Yeah. I will give props to them. Um, the fight that they showed against Tampa Bay was, I thought really impressive. The fact that um, they came back cause they were down pretty big. They were. Um, yeah. And they managed to come back and force overtime. Um, ended up losing by, uh, I think it was, they lost on Tom Brady's 700th uh, touchdown pass, um, which is kind of poetic, you know, because uh, obviously Tom has a lot of, has had a lot of success against the Bills, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, no, it, it, you know, I'll give him credit for that. That was, that was pretty impressive, but um, yeah, I mean, you just look at some of the games they lost. I mean, that game against the Colts where, you know, that was basically just the Jonathan Taylor game where he just kind of, ran them out the building um you know then they're you know you go back further they they lose nine to six against the jaguars i mean i don't know it's just yeah it's just really consistent like you said you know there is a lot of injuries especially on the defensive side but i do think that they should make the playoffs because like i said if they if they were if they win three out of their next four then they finish 10 and seven and i think you know they have a good good shot but at the same time like you said there's there's a lot of other teams that have the same record as them so they got to be careful but i mean all they can do at this point is you know focus on their own games yep um moving on uh we'll talk we, i guess next we'll talk about uh rob's favorite team steelers we have Whoa. two games yeah uh two two games to talk about here uh some good some bad so last week they uh, they were able to uh, take down Lamar. Um, that was the game where the uh, the Ravens went for a two point conversion, right? And yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they lost last week uh, to the Vikings. So um, what are your what are your thoughts? I guess this will be your segment now, Rob. <laughs> Spotlights on me, huh? Yeah. No. Um, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Against Baltimore, like I, I, I do think that they got kind of lucky. Um, I thought the defense played pretty good, but you know Baltimore, I didn't think looked very sharp. And then obviously Pittsburgh came out with the win, and even like going for two at the end, like I understand it to an extent, but I don't at the same time. Yeah, um, I think that was just more of like a pride thing for for the Ravens because obviously it's a huge rivalry and. And, you know, they want to come away with the win in, in regulation as opposed to going overtime. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't see much. Like, it's it's the same story, really. You know, low-scoring games. And then it, it seems like they're kind of relying more on the other team's mistakes rather than making plays. So that's not something I like to see. But, I mean, they, they have been dealing with a few injuries as well. I don't think Joe Hayden has played in a while. You know, TJ Watt, uh, I think he's having a groin in, in injury. So, there's there there is stuff to be concerned about, and then same thing like all year the offensive line is still working together. Um, so that 
that game, I just felt like they kind of got lucky um, and they just, you know, Baltimore kind of lost the game. It wasn't really Pittsburgh winning. And then against Minnesota, I mean, it's, it, it's the same thing because, you know, they were down huge at halftime and uh, you know, they had a few injuries in the secondary, especially, and, you know, it, it took until they were down 30 to start putting up points, but it's not because, you know, they changed the game plan or anything. It's because, you know, Minnesota kind of took a step back and kind of gave yeah. them the garbage time. Exactly. So in, in all fairness, though, I'll give the Steelers credit. Um, you know, as the, as the clock expired in the fourth quarter, they, you know, Ben threw it to Fryermuth, the rookie tight end, who is unbelievable. I love yeah. him. Um, he threw it to him in the end zone and he had it in his hands. And then the defensive back on Minnesota made a play and knocked it out of his hands, obviously. But, you know, that was the game tying touchdown there. So I'll, I'll give them credit for coming back because it's, you know, regardless of how the other team is playing, I mean, 30 points is huge. So there's that. Um, on, on the opposite side, you know, I know this has nothing to do with the Steelers, but Justin Jefferson is an absolute like superstar. Yeah. yeah. That kid is unbelievable. Um, just watching him run routes against the secondary, I was like, wow. Like, like, you know, first play into the game, I think they threw him like a 10 yard pass or something. And I just said to myself, I was like, this kid is going to have a monster game against the Steelers. And he did. And sort of Dalvin cook. Um, so that's just kind of how it's going. You know, the defense, the run defense is just like it's lost out there. And I think that does have to do a little bit with the injuries, but to a certain extent, it's like, you know, this needs to be addressed. And I don't know why it's taking so long to be addressed, but I guess finally wrapping it up. Cause I don't want to talk about it too long. <laughs> Chase Claypool um, is just making headlines for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah. I, I know we talked about it on, on one of the f- uh, previous episodes where he suggested that they play music during practice. Um, and then that game against Minnesota, I'm sure everybody saw it, you know, they're making a late fourth quarter drive to come tie the game up and he gets a first down on, I think it was fourth down. Maybe it was like fourth and short, you know, he catches the ball for a nice, like five yard, five yard completion, whatever. And he does his little like celebration. First points. Yeah. First down. And like the clock's running, you're down oh, yeah. by a touchdown, the entire game you were down, you're coming back. And like, like, what are you doing? Like, seriously. Yeah. What are you you doing? You got to be aware of the situation. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, it's like, you know, you're down like, you know, eight, three or something in like a hockey game and you get like a hat trick or something and you're like (laughs) celebrating. It's like, yeah, but like you're down eight, three, you know, like, like I, I, I understand being aware of the situation, but I think it's more so just like, like I, I generally don't have a problem with, with, players celebrating in the nfl no me neither but not but when like, you're what are you what are you doing like not not when like thinking not, yeah not when it's like a time sensitive situation and you're like eating up the clock yeah like celebrating like and you've been like your team has been down the whole game like it, it's just yeah you just got to read the room man what really got me to is after he came out in a press conference and he actually spoke that and he said that one of the linemen his own linemen that came and rushed over to him while he was doing his celebration. Um, he, he he knocked the ball out of his hands in an attempt to like grab it from him and give it to the official. But like, like that shouldn't that shouldn't happen to begin with. The line nobody should be running over to you no. to grab the ball. You from should him be and running to over the to the official. Yeah, you yeah. should be running over to the official. Exactly, yeah. it's the opposite way. So that that really kind of rubbed me the wrong way because you know if that's like 
the things that are making headlines for, for you as a player, then you or the team is not going in the right direction. Yeah. I don't know how you expect to win games or even compete if you're having that mentality where it's like, you know, it's like four-year-old kids like, oh, he started it. Like, no, <laughs> come on. Like, you're, you're a grown man in the NFL. Like, take some and what responsibility. Is it, what is it with Steelers wide receivers, man? Like, it just I, – I don't get it. Like, it just seems like there's always it, drama it all start, It all started, yeah. First, Antonio Brown way back when, right? And then Juju with the whole dancing on the logo thing and now Claypool. I mean – yeah. I don't know, man. Like I said, it's just, I think there's a, like, there's, when you look at the bigger picture, these are not the things that should be making headlines and they are. No. Yeah. So that tells you everything you need to know about how the Steelers are going. So I'll leave it at that. And uh, we'll move on to Mr. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. They're rolling. Are are they, are they back? We've been saying this for a while, asking this question for a while. I mean, it's hard to, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to ignore at this point because, I mean, at least against the Raiders, they've absolutely demolished the Raiders this year. Yeah. And, I, you know, I mean, I was one of these people that uh, was like, you know, maybe the Raiders, like, are still at – no, no, they're done. No? <laughs> are you I, you're, I, off the, you're off the train? No, I'm off the bandwagon because I just uh. – there's I – mean, I know it's the Chiefs, but, like, I mean, that, that was bad. Like, that was embarrassing, like. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm, I. What's even more embarrassing is they were dancing on the logo before the game started too. Did you see well, that? they were. I don't think they were dancing. I think they were had had like a team huddle on the logo. Yeah, so, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, come on, man. Like, really? <laughs> like, I, you know, I. This is the thing with me. Like, when it comes to like trash talk or like doing stuff like that, like if you can back it up, I have no problem with it. Yeah. Right. Like, if you're like, you know what? Even if you're like, you know, like we, we talked a couple weeks ago about um. Patrick Levels, who's a cornerback for uh, the Montreal Alouettes, and and before the game against Hamilton, he's like, he basically guaranteed a win, and it's like, mm-hmm. you know what? If if you if you're that confident and you go and win that game, that's I'm okay with it. But like, if you're gonna lose the game and also you got like burned on a touchdown pass, like, if you have what to be able did? to back, you have to be able to back up the trash talk, basically. Yep. And yep. if you can't do that, then don't do it. Cause you just look like an idiot. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's, pre- it's pretty hard to ignore what the chiefs are doing. Obviously they've won six in a row. Um, and in their last three matchups, they've held their opponents to nine points in every single game. So that's, that's also something to take note of because, you know, earlier on in the season, their defense was not performing by any means. Um, I mean, at the time of the recording, they play tonight against uh, against the Chargers. This is a crucial matchup. Yeah, uh, this is huge because so they, you know they're I, both right there for the title, right? Yeah, I think the Chargers would take the lead if they win in the yeah, division. They beat them earlier on in the season, so yeah. they would have the the head to head matchup, right? Um, yeah, I mean it. I don't want I don't want to keep holding out because I do think that the Chiefs are very talented, but I mean you you look at you know, 50% of the games of uh, a part of this six game win streak. I mean, this dates back to when they beat the giants, this dates back to when they beat Jordan love and the Packers. Um, And I mean, you know, the Raiders are a good team. I'll give them credit, but I mean, they're really, they're really the only team that's been blown out by Kansas city this year. twice. And and even, even look at the Broncos, like, like I know the Broncos have a good record, but I just, I don't think they're like, 
don't yeah. think they're that good. I don't know. I, I'm with you. So this this game tonight obviously is huge. Um, you know, this is a huge test because they're in Los Angeles. So I think that plays so much more into it. But this is also like one of their, I don't want to say first competitive, but definitely one of their more competitive games that they've had to play in the past month or so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. Yeah, I, I honestly, I agree. I mean, I'm still a little hesitant to jump on because um i mean there are there have been some impressive wins like i think the the win against the cowboys was the one that i think is uh was the most impressive to me mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean other than that i feel like they've beat some mediocre teams um so th- this game tonight is going to be huge um if, if they can beat the chargers at home uh i think I, I think then at that point I'll I'll go in and say you know what yeah the Chiefs are back yeah I'm with you also I just wanted to bring this up <laughs> because I thought it was pretty funny um, did you see an altercation with Jackson Mahomes recently I haven't actually so I don't have the full context here but from my understanding and what it sounds like I think Jackson Mahomes went into a bar in Kansas City. And I guess he was just rubbing people the wrong way, you know, maybe giving some attitude, just being pretty arrogant or whatever it may be. So this bar issued um, an apology. And I know you can't see me for the people listening, but I'm using air quotes, air quotes. around the word apology. Um, so I just wanted to read it out because I thought it was pretty funny. So it says, uh, Dear Jackson Mahomes, we are sorry that we set boundaries that you tried to ignore. Oftentimes people with unearned status and a sense of entitlement think that they are above the rules and will lash out at the employee enforcing them. We are sorry we could not seat your very large group. As you probably saw, our bar is very small. We are sorry that you have the reach that you do, or at least that you think you do, and that instead of using it for something positive, you decided to use it to try and crush a small business. We survived a global pandemic. We'll survive your ego. We are sorry you didn't reach out to us first before taking to social media. But then again, that is an expectation we would have from a mature and rational person, not someone who pours water on fans and dances on the memorials of tragically lost people for TikTok clout. We have not been fortunate enough to be born into a much more talented and much more famous family, but we would like to think that if we did have that much luck, we would use our influence in more responsible ways. We hope our apology finds you well. So basically this bar just ruined that, them. That is, that is the best apology in air quotes again, that I've ever, that, that's the most passive aggressive apology I've ever read. <laughs> that is amazing. I couldn't believe where is that PR team of this bar? He deserves a raise, man. Raise, paid vacation, everything. That I'm glad somebody's like, what is going on? With somebody this guy? had like, to say it. I'm sorry. Somebody, somebody has to, to call this guy out. Yeah, somebody had to say it. They're exactly right. This guy literally just his brother happens to be, you know, extremely talented and and make a lot of money, and he's just riding his coattails and just being like an absolute dick to everybody. It's Somebody like, what are you doing, it. man? Yeah, kudos, kudos to this bar for banning up and saying it. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe this will uh, instill something on Jackson Mahomes. Maybe he's not as invincible as he thinks he is, but probably not knowing him. But I mean, I know it's I, like, you know, I know we're not supposed to make, uh, you know, people's brother answer for their brothers, <laughs> but come on, like big Pat, like Patrick, maybe not publicly, but he has to like, you should like 
phone up. It, yeah. You should phone up Jackson and be like, buddy, like, what are you doing, what are you doing? man? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? This is not Seriously. a good look. Yeah. No, it's not. That's hilarious. Yeah. I uh, thank thank you for showing me that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, had to, I had to bring some. I had to bring some. Uh, shed some light here. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like every I feel like every other week we're talking about Jackson Mahomes. You know what's show. funny? It's because I was I was thinking back to the episode we did with uh, Fed and Nate. And yeah. We talked we talked about Mahomes a little bit, and then uh, Fed was talking about. He goes, "Oh, you know, he poured water on some fanny." He goes. Like, buddy, are you that soft? Like, I was just <laughs> laughing because I was like, it's so true. Like, it's true. It's so yeah. True. Like, it's so this true. Guy, I know. I don't know. This guy just needs to get his shit together. Yeah, he does. Clown. So, um, talking about another game, another game, uh, big game that happened this week, uh, Monday Night Football. Um, the Rams beat the Cardinals uh, in, a, in a crucial divisional matchup. Um, this was a big win for the Los Angeles Rams because um, they've been, you know, as everybody knows, they've been kind of sputtering lately. And uh, so beating the team with the number one record in the, in the whole league um, is huge. And uh, I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't catch uh, much of this game. So I don't know if you want to, I don't know if you saw uh, much of it, but. um, Yeah. I mean, it, it just seemed like I I watched a a bit of it, Um, you know, this is a good team, Arizona. Like this is a very good team that the, that the Rams beat. And this yeah. is a, a huge momentum booster for, for the Rams, especially because like you said of how they've been playing lately, um, you know, Stafford looked good. He looked like he was getting back to, to what he was in, in the first part of the season. Um, and, and the defense for, for the Rams made some big plays. Um, you know, I know a couple interceptions that I think one interception that, that, that Murray threw wasn't entirely his fault, but, you know, there's deflected passes and, and it would fall into the hands of the Rams. And that's just the result of a good defensive play, you know? So um, it, it was good to see them step up because, you know, they were kind of non-existent for the past couple of weeks. Um, and, and the offense too, like I said, like they just, you know, Cooper Cup's still doing his thing. And I mean, there's no slowing that guy down, it seems like. So that's, that's something that's going to continue to take off. Um but I mean, honestly, I think I'm a little bit more, I know we're, we're focusing or we're basing this whole conversation up on the Rams because they won, but I wanted to shed some light on the Cardinals because, uh, you know, Murray's been hurt. Hopkins has been hurt. Um, but I mean, J- James Connor is like a completely different person in Arizona. I mean, I, I would, I watched him quite a bit, obviously, because he played for the Steelers and man, the way they're able to just use him in the different scheme, it's like, they're, they're getting a completely different player out of him. They're using him like on, you know, little wheel routes and, and stuff like that. And then even running the ball, like he just looks so much like reju- so much more rejuvenated and like yeah. so much more in it. So, um, and even Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz is like a great pickup for them. You know, he's, yeah. he's, he's steady. So this is, this is a good, a really good conference and a really good division. Um, and I wanted to point it out because, there are three teams now tied with a record of 10 and three in the NFC green Bay, yeah. Arizona and Tampa. So I know we've said it before. The NFC is, is extremely competitive and it just proves it from that game. Yeah. And I mean, it, 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 this is, I think this game will be a huge um, <clears throat> morale booster for the Rams. Uh, beating a team like Arizona is huge. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just been really impressive. The other thing with Arizona is that, you know, they, they've won a lot of games without, 
Kyler Murray, um, without DeAndre Hopkins. Um, it, it looks like they're going to be without um, Hopkins for a little bit longer. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it just when you can do that with without some of your biggest players, that just shows how deep of a of a of a team you have at at all at, you know different positions. Um, so yeah, I mean, just hu- huge for the uh, for the Rams, but because um, they're they're still, I think they still have pretty good playoff positioning. Um, they're, I don't know if the, I think they're, they're number- nine nine and four, and they're sitting at the first wild first wild card yeah they'd be five yeah so yeah um big win for the rams um but Mm -hmm. cardinals are still uh i would say i would probably say they're still the best team in the league personally the cardinals yeah you know what i was thinking about this the other day because uh i did watch a little bit of the buffalo uh the buffalo and tampa game and i was like man like I don't know. I mean, it, you can't I, bet against Brady, but you can't. You you, yeah. you honestly can't. And I, I was thinking about it. I was like, wow, like you know, the, the three best teams in the league, in my opinion, Green Bay, Tampa, Arizona slash the Rams. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all you know, NFC they're, teams. Yeah, they're all NFC teams, and they're all gonna play each other eventually. One somebody's gonna play somebody. So I don't know. I was thinking about it, and like honestly, like it's a coin toss. Yeah, I re- I really do think so because I've been really high on Green Bay lately, but then Tampa like just comes out and and finds a way to win. It's like I don't know how you go how you how you go up against that, but yeah, yeah. Well, moving on to a team that's um <laughs> definitely not in the conversation for uh best team in the league, uh Jacksonville Jaguars just fired uh Urban Meyer as their head coach after. Um, not even a full season, what 13 games, I think. Yep. So, um, yeah, this has just been a, uh, a failed experiment, I would say with, uh, with urban Meyer. Um, I remember when they hired him, a lot of people were saying like, you know, he's a great college coach, but it's, it's way different coaching in the NFL. Like, you know, yes. um, even, even just the way that you kind of your, the relationship that you have with the players, you know, I mean, as a college head coach, it's like, you know, I think you have more of you're more of an authority figure and you have more kind of there's more of a hierarchy between you and the players. Uh, but when you're you know, when you're coaching a professional in a professional league and these guys are getting paid millions of dollars, like you almost have to treat yourself as equals. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think that from what I've read, I think that that's maybe something that urban Meyer had trouble um, getting adjusted to. Uh, but, but I mean, it's just the, the fact that the, all the distractions that he caused the team this year, I mean, I feel like he was in the news more than <laughs> the Jaguars were like, it was just like every other week. Yeah. It's like, there's some big scandal. Yep. And so I think it was just, I think it was only a matter of time. Um, and the thing that caught my eye was, uh, and I think maybe one of the things that, really was like the the straw that uh broke the camel's back was when uh former Jaguars kicker Josh Lambeau told uh it came out in an, in a uh, Florida newspaper that he that Urban Meyer kicked him in the leg and was like basically like make your kicks and and Josh Lambeau basically told him to fuck off and it was like 
I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like you can't like, I don't, I don't know who Urban Meyer thinks he is, but like, yeah, you're not, you can't treat players in an NFL team like that. Like that's just ridiculous. So. Yeah. I, I definitely think it was more so like the publicity that really, really got to him because yeah. there was that it all began with that scandal. He was like at a, at a bar or something with someone yeah. that's not his wife. Yeah. So like, you know, it's not, it's not right to do that. Like, in any by any in any mm. setting but it's but not it's when you're the head coach right of when a... you're the head coach of an nfl team yeah <laughs> exactly so i think just stuff like that like he like like he was just in for a rude awakening and like you said i think a lot of people obviously noted that it's it's much different to coach in the nfl than it is to coach in college but i think urban kind of just walked in there assuming that you know he was he was going to be he was going to be the one to turn things around but yeah, I mean, you look at who he had at Ohio State. I mean, this is a good team he was surrounded by, obviously, and and now he comes to the complete opposite side of the table. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I guess he thought it was going to be a walk in the park, but obviously, it's not. So yeah, I wanted to read. <clears throat> this is a portion from um, a Sportsnet article about the uh, about the firing. Um, Meyer's biggest issues came off the field, where he tried to handle a professional team like he was on a college campus. He slashed, he splashed slogans and catchphrases around the facility, instilled gimmicks in practice, and repeated his misguided belief that coaches coach for players and players play for coaches. He brought in motivational speakers and kept blaming assistants for the team's mounting losses instead of the grown men actually on the field. So, I mean, yeah, I just, wow, I don't know. I just, I just feel like he just was not the right guy for the job and. Um, yeah, it was only a matter of time before they got rid of him. Um, as for who's going to replace him, I was just looking at a, a, a CBS sports article about, um, some of the guys that could, uh, potentially be the top candidates. Um, Doug Peterson, former, uh, Eagles head coach, uh, Eric Bianami from the chiefs, uh, Josh McDaniels, I, uh, personally don't want to see that happen but you know i mean haven't we already kind of had that experiment josh mcdaniels as a head coach didn't really go very well so just, just just stick with the patriots buddy yep um he learned, he yeah. learned his lesson yeah I, I think so uh <laughs> but yeah um yeah i don't really have any much more to say about that but uh i i know some there was a some people that were like hey maybe we should get urban meyer to coach uh oklahoma you know because i'm a big oklahoma fan i was like uh let's not do that <laughs> yeah, please how, how do you even like how do you even give that guy a job now after all this comes out i don't even know i mean i i mean certainly no nfl team is gonna hire him maybe oh, yeah maybe he finds a job another job coaching you know a college uh or you know organization but i don't know that's the only thing i could think of but yeah, I, I just feel like after all this has stuff has come out though, like I, I just yeah, I, again I don't see who'd want to hire him because it's just it yeah. just seems like it just seems like he's just kind of a shitty person, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> this goes this goes beyond coaching. He's just an asshole. <laughs> like, yeah, like I don't yeah, want. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Well, last thing we we saved the worst for last, at least for me, um, on this episode. <laughs> Uh, a little bit of CFL coverage here. So last week we didn't do an episode, but I would have been talking about how unbelievable the win 
uh, against Toronto was in the Eastern uh, final. Um, I don't know if you saw any of that game, Rob, but, uh, you know, they ended I mean, the, the tie cats were, were looking pretty, uh, pretty bad uh, early on. Um, and then eventually they, uh, they benched uh, Mazzoli and uh, put in Dane Evans and uh, Dane went, it was literally perfect in the game. He went 16 for 16 and he, uh, he made some unbelievable plays. Uh, I think, I don't, I, I can't remember if it was him with that fumble or somebody fumbled the ball and he ended up running down the other side of the field and punching the ball out of the Toronto players, uh, arms. So that was a huge <laughs> play. And, uh, you know, I would say that was a pretty big upset. Um, so yeah, I was kind of riding high off that win. And then, uh, I didn't get to have an episode to gloat about that, but now I, cause now I got to talk about, uh, the gray cup, but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it just, I mean, it's tough because it's it's two years in a row that, you know, or two seasons in a row that, um, you know, we, we've blown it to the Bombers. Uh, but this time, you know, we were at home and uh, I think there was kind of a, a sense that, okay, this is going to be our redemption. And there was, a, I mean, there was a point in the game where, you know, we, we were, we, we were just like, on a on a streak and um it was looking pretty good and then the bombers came back and took the lead but you know i was talking to robert about this before the show and to me the 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 play that kind of changed the game was when uh i forget who the player was but the kick returner winnipeg kicked off and uh you know he was in the end zone and if you guys aren't familiar with cfl rules if you there's, there's no, well, no, well, there is no touchbacks in the CFL. And so if you take a knee in the end zone, um, you, you give up a point to the other team. It's called a rouge. Um, so he gave up a single point and, and I remember as soon as he, as soon as he did it, they just cut the people in the crowd and their faces were just like, what the fuck? Like people were just like so confused. And so, and, and that was my, uh, that was my reaction too. I was like, are you serious? Like, and, and it wasn't like, it wasn't like, you know, he was going to get like, five yards like if you like seriously just look up a picture he had at least like 20 yards like to run okay so it just made no sense and then so anyways that's what happened the tiger cats ended up going down the field um they almost you know uh got a go-ahead touchdown it was broken up by uh the uh, winnipeg player but they ended up kicking a field goal to tie it and send it to overtime but I mean, if the guy hadn't taken that knee, that, that would have won the game. It would have been a walk-off field goal. Um, and, yeah, I mean, as soon as they went to overtime, I mean, Winnipeg, you know, got a touchdown. They got a two-point conversion. I didn't have high hopes at that point, to be honest. Um, and then, you know, Mazzoli gets sacked. And then it's like second and 20-something. I'm like, yeah, this game's over. And then he throws a pick, and that's it. So, yeah, I mean – just you know in, in the google doc for uh for this episode rob just put uh in brackets pain next to this and that, that's all i pretty much have to say i mean it's just you know still the the longest drought in the cfl keeps keeps on going you know haven't won haven't won a great cup since uh, 99 so there you go i guess i just like uh 
I, I like teams that have long droughts other than, other than the Patriots, uh, you know, yeah. Leafs, Ticats. I just like teams with long, long droughts. Hey man, just, you, you, you want to talk about being aware of the situation. I know we said it with Claypool before, but this is like, that's, that's inexcusable. Yeah, inexcusable. it is. I don't know how you come back from that, but like know, maybe, some, maybe he forgot the rules. Well, that's what somebody Honestly. said. He's like, did this guy even know the rule? I'm like, I mean, if he doesn't, I feel like that's almost more embarrassing because, like, come on, you play for a CFL team. Like, yeah, you know, I don't know. And it's not even like – I feel like that's one of those rules that everybody kind of knows. Like, oh, they have, like, a single point in the CFL, you know? Yeah. So, so it's like, I don't know. It's just – yeah, it is what it is, you know. Um, the Great Cup's going to be back in Hamilton in, in two years, so – I feel like I'm, I feel like it's almost like the least at this point, though. It's like maybe next year, you know. <laughs> um, so you, I don't you know. know. You know, you're in bad talks when you start comparing a team to the Leafs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In terms of playoff success, so yeah. But the thing, at least, at least, at least they, it, it, at least they make it to the championship game, but they just, <laughs> they just blow it. I mean, hey, it's progress because the last Great Cup they got kind of blown out. At, at least it was close game this time but that just that just know. means the next time they go and they make it they're gonna win they're gonna win yeah maybe well, from from your up. from your mouth to god's ears rob yeah let's hope <laughs> yeah um one of our uh, cfl contributors uh riley kanish who was on the uh on the podcast a couple weeks ago did you did you see his posts on instagram yeah, this guy was at the after party. Yeah, with the bombers. I don't know how that happened. I don't know. I I want to get. I almost want to get him on the show just to, to interview him. Yeah, call him up. Just be like, hey, so like, how did this happen? What happened? Yeah, like he he was like I saw him. He took a picture with Caleros and like yeah, this he guy was drinking was, out of the gray he was cup. Drinking out of the gray cup. Like it's like what is going on? I was like how? Like yeah, we definitely we definitely got to have him back on and ask him like just. How did this happen? What what yeah. did you who do you know? What strings did you have to pull to do this? I know. Even even me as a Thai Cats fan, I had to comment and be like, wow, that that like this is <laughs> this is awesome. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe we'll get him on next week to talk about his experience or something. I don't know. Because yeah. I wanna I wanna know how this all went down. I need to know, yes. So so now I know when I go to like a sporting event and my team wins. Yeah, just, I'm gonna I'm gonna be part- like partying it. with uh, with Tom Brady after yeah. that Super Bowl. <laughs> Let's go, Tom! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that'll just about wrap up uh, the 19th episode of Spiked, the OTL Football Podcast. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I, as always, I'll um, I'll put all of our social links in the description, um, links to all the uh, OTL pages as well. Um, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, um, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, tell your friends, join spike nation. Um, there it is. no, yeah, you gotta, we gotta drop, we gotta name drop our, our incredible fan base, you know, best fan base in the world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, unless you have anything to add, to add, uh, that'll just about do it for this week. No. Yeah. I mean, you know, we got, we're in the home stretch of the NFL season now, so I'm sure we'll have uh, whether it's episodes for the podcast or even articles coming out, whether it's uh, previews or recaps or anything, really. I'm sure we'll have stuff like that coming out. 
Um, like Jack said, Twitter, Instagram, uh, check with the, the website. Tons of good stuff coming out. And uh, yeah, that's, that's all I got. All right. Okay, guys, we'll see you next week. Have a good one.